I think one of the myths of um, event marketing is that um, if you have a virtual event, people won't be as engaged. And actually, it really depends on the content and the programming of the event. Welcome to Virtually Live, the podcast. Every week, we'll get into the latest and greatest in marketing, and specifically event marketing, audience engagement, and brand experience. To guide us through that, we've invited event professionals and marketing leaders from various industries. In this week's episode, join Clara Galan, Product Marketing Lead at Adobe Live, and Kaltura's Product Marketing Manager, Amit Eshel, as they talk about the role that creativity plays in event planning and the importance of a hands-on approach to creativity when driving engagement in virtual events. Let's go! Hi everyone and welcome to CDA Coffee and Takeaways. I'm Amit Eshel, Product Marketing Manager at Kaltura, and I'm coming to you virtually live today from Tel Aviv, Israel. With me today, Clara Galan, Product Marketing Lead at Adobe. Clara, where are you joining us virtually live from? Thank you so much for having me today. I'm joining you virtually from Barcelona, Spain. Please tell us a little about the Adobe Education Summit and what you're currently doing because you recently changed roles, right? I did, yes. So um, previously, I worked um, leading community programs at Adobe Education, and we ran a virtual summit for educators all around the globe who are part of our Adobe Creative Educator program. And I recently made a transition after being at Adobe for five years. I'm two weeks into a new role where I'll be leading product marketing for Adobe Live on Behance. And that's our live streaming platform where we have creatives come in, go through different workflows, and are able to connect with our community on Adobe Live. Wow. As first, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, this is very excited. It's just two weeks in. Um, but I, I, first, I'd love to hear a little about this event, the Adobe Education Summit, and how it's been reshaped uh, in the past few years, because it did, right? Yes, so the Adobe Educator Community Programs have been with Adobe for the past 20 years, ever since the acquisition of Macromedia. And prior um, to the past three years, we used to run an in-person conference in our San Francisco or San Jose office in which we would invite 100 educators from around the world to come to our office for three days, um, connect with product teams, be able to share best um, teaching practices and resources. And especially with the pandemic, a lot of that um, changed since we weren't able to connect in person. So we were looking for a platform um, that we were able to connect with all of our educators virtually, but then also have interactive opportunities for them to present, show best practices, and then for educators to be able to dive into Adobe tools which brought us to Kaltura. Um, so we used the Kaltura platform um, to run a three-day conference, um, free and open to any educator in the world who's interested in using Adobe tools um, for creative purposes in their classroom. And it was a big success. We had over 7,000 educators uh, register um, and we're looking forward to continuing to offer um, virtual events in the future for our communities. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, can you tell us a little about the differences between creating digital experiences for educators and for a non-educator audience? 
Yes. So um, one of the things I saw, especially at the beginning of um, the pandemic, that we had a lot of virtual conferences and a lot of virtual um, engagement um, events. And one of the things is uh, it's a great format to have keynotes, different presentations, um, but at times it can be a lot of um, sitting and listening to information and listening to different speakers. And what we really wanted to create is that interactive experience. So similar to that, which we had um, in person where educators were able to work on a challenge and actually um, complete something using Adobe tools that they can then bring back into their classrooms. And so what we did is the first day of the summit um, was really focused on um, a, a lot of these more keynote type of sessions. We had Ignite sessions that were um, quicker with a lot of breakouts. And then day two focused more on a, ch a challenge. So we actually gave educators a prompt um, and a set of tools and a rubric um, to complete at the end of the day. And then at the end, they broke out into small groups according to their subject area and shared what they had uh, been working on. So it was something really tangible that they could then bring back. So that's on the education side. Um, at Adobe Live, we do a kind of similar activities where we have live streaming shows um, that we showcase on Behance. Uh, but then we're also looking for boot camps and other types of interactive um, virtual engagements where the attendee actually feels like they're a part of the content and have an opportunity to practice hands-on. And how do you, um, I mean, when planning such a, an event, how do you bring in the uh, Adobe's uh, value of creation, I mean, um, into, into the summit experience? So when it comes to bringing the value of creation into the summit experience, there's many ways in, in which we approach that. So it could be anything from seeing an exemplar. So having a creative or an expert go on and actually create live um, for inspiration. So you see that whole process and can follow along on your own um, to actually doing a boot camp or what we call a creative jam live where they start with a prompt and then everyone in the room um, is in different breakout teams creating at the same time. We come back at the end to showcase the different work and then and um, at times, especially in creative jams, uh, we provide prizes um, with a panel of judges. I've also seen portfolio reviews that we've done on Adobe Live, which um, allow students or um, different emerging creatives to bring their work um, to a creative professional where they give feedback on the work that they've done. So it becomes a very um, interactive se session with a lot of formative um, feedback throughout the process. Wow, that's very inspiring. And how do you measure it? How do you measure, like what's your KPIs when it comes to engagement? Yes. Yeah, so when it comes to virtual events, a lot of uh, times what we're looking at are views. Um, and in addition to views, any kind of engagement on social media platforms. So whether that's, you know, shares on Facebook or retweets on Twitter, um, if we are uh, marketing the event through shorter form content like Instagram Live, we might do um, a poll within stories and we can measure, you know, how many people respond to that. But what's ultimately the most important, um, as I'm sure you know, and as a product marketer, is uh, how is this event ultimately tying back to product engagement? Um, and what we are able to do is through tracking links, 
at Adobe, what we call CGen codes, um, we're able to see if someone clicks through a link in the event, are they actually signing into the product? And from there, which um, features of the product are they using? So we can um, you know, accurately show that a virtual event directly tied to product usage. That's very interesting. Um, just before we wrap up, it's time for our myth busting. Um, this is something we do with all of our interviews. Um, so tell us about the time you uncovered a marketing or events myth where you find it was wrong the hard way. <laughs> the, uh, yes. So I think one of the myths of um, event marketing is that um, if you have a virtual event, people won't be as engaged. And actually, it really depends on the content and the programming of the event. What um, virtual events have uh, you know, enabled us to do is reach thousands of people that we weren't otherwise able to. And if we have sessions that are shorter form, um, more interactive, it really um, provides an ROI on the money that we're spending within these virtual events. And vice versa, I think a myth a lot of the time is that you, if you spend you know, thousands of dollars at a booth um, within a conference, that there's automatically going to be um, that return on investment with key customers coming to your booth. And then that will in turn, um, you know, transform into um, paid users. And that's not always the case. So, you know, you have to be very judicious about which events you're attending, what those customer bases are. And sometimes it's more effective and more scalable um, to be able to connect with um, customers in a virtual capacity. However, I do think um, that we need to continue some form of in-person um, events because I have found that if I'm able to connect with key customers um, in person, even if it's just once, that um, human connection can then um, go, um, you know, really last a long time where I'm able to reinforce that relationship um, through virtual connections. Thank you so much, Clara, for joining us virtually live today. This gave us a lot of food and coffee for thought. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for, for having me and um, looking forward um, to seeing hopefully many of the community members in our Adobe Live channels. Thank you, Clara Galan and Amit Eshel for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in. To give you a little taste of what's coming next week, Here's seven questions and events with SAP's SVP Global Head of Corporate Marketing, Ada Agreed. Welcome to seven questions and events. Seven questions with industry expert, Ada Agreed. No time to waste, let's go. Ada, what's the one thing you would want your attendees to get out of your events? I want them to get value, um, exchange of valuable information that helps them become better um, professionals at the end of the day. And I would say also meaningful connections with other um, experts in the area. Excellent, excellent, excellent. What's your favorite way to engage with your audience? I think at the end of the day, you need to be authentic and real. Um, you want to be able to provide the opportunity to engage in, in different ways, you know, so um, I like to think of it as choice um, for the customer and, and how we engage with them, but really um, transparent um, and, and what I would say just authentic and real. I love that. Who would your dream keynote speaker be? No restrictions. 
Well, actually, I would say I'm super inspired by Martin Luther King. Um, I'm a big fan of his work and what he did for society, as well as just to, 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 to drive meaningful change in the country. So I would love to be able to have him as a keynote speaker or to be able to interview him. That's wonderful. I would like to be invited, if possible. <laughs> um, which trend in virtual events are you most looking forward to? You know, for me, it's, it's how do we, um, instead of thinking of events at a point in time, is how do we think of, uh, for events as an always-on um, mechanism to connect with customers that goes across the boundaries of when the event is pre, during, post. And then how do you take that content that you're building, which is usually pretty amazing content that we're all focused on building, and really extend the life uh, shelf of that, uh, of that content over time. I'm a big believer in that. Um, what's an event marketing pitfall people should watch out for? Yeah, you know, I think that um, I would say that a lot of times uh, there's two things. One is pretending that uh, you just take an in-person event and you can just do the exact same thing virtually. And I actually think that just, just you can actually see in the data when you're doing that, that it doesn't work. You need parallel. Um, you know, planning and, and work streams for that. And I would also say that, um, you know, uh, as we think of return on investment, I think everybody wants to tie the return on investment to that one event or that one thing. And the reality is for customers, there's a co combination of touch points that helps move the customer through the, through the funnel. So I would say that those are the two kind of areas that I would see are, are pitfalls in, in, in today's environment. Um, absolutely couldn't agree with you more. What's your go-to source for personal development in terms of events, marketing, and all these great things we've talked about? Yeah, so I'm a member of the Association of National Advertisers, so I get to read a lot of their content. Obviously, um, I would say a lot of our uh, business traits, um, whether it's um, you know, Business Week or The Economist or others, just to understand what's happening in the environment. So those are just a, a few. Um, but I'm a, sort of an avid reader, so you'll find me sort of searching for online for different um, sources of information to help me become a, a better person and a professional as well. I love that. Um, and last but not least, uh, give a shout out to another event professional. So I would give a shout out to Lindsay Miller. She actually um, used to run all of our Concur events and has now moved into a position to run all of our SAP Global events. And she's just an extraordinary human with a lot of grit and resilience who is just focused on innovating day in and day out in service of our customers. That's wonderful. Ada, thank you again for joining us today. And thank you for all of your great insights. Great, thank you so much for the opportunity, Lisa. I really appreciate it.